I'm Jim. This is on the left side, the funny football show. So we want to have as many points as possible, and if that means at the end we are champion and we are champion. If not, then it's another really good football team. I'd like to officially welcome you to football in 2019. Here, in the future, there is no room for mediocrity. There's no room for just being okay, and no room for being sometimes just a bit unlucky. Here, it's either good or bad, black or white, feast or famine, or to put it in the word of the tabloid papers, it's great or crisis. And you could be forgiven for thinking that it was all great for Manchester City right now. They've already won the League Cup and the Charity Shield, they've claimed a place in the FA Cup final and they're just off the top of the league. So you'd think life was very much in the positive camp of those two options. But you would be horribly wrong. You'd be wrong for thinking that because Manchester City dared to lose 1-0 to Spurs in the first leg of the Champions League quarter-final and in doing so, by losing the only game that it was effectively possible to lose and still be in the hunt for a historic quadruple, by losing that game, the club were plunged into crisis. A crisis that threw some fans into a mad panic, like this guy on TalkSport. On my screen he says, Gary, Man City fan, I want Pep out. Yeah, I want Pep out. Uh, we need a Champions League. <laughs> not a laughing matter. Stop laughing at me. No, but you're it's talking in riddles, Gary. You've, got a chance. you've already brilliant. got one trophy. Pep is brilliant in the league. He's brilliant in the league. I can't doubt it. But in the Champions League, he's a flop. I'm sorry, but he's a bottle, he's a bottle job. Every fan base has supporters that let it down at times. Chelsea has those guys that threw abuse at Raheem Sterling. West Ham has those knobheads who sung anti-Semitic chants. And City... Well, City's got that guy. He's a bottle job. I'll be honest, I'm not sure that calling Pep a bottle job and questioning his trophy haul is the wisest angle to take on this particular argument. It's only going to end up a little bit like that scene in Monty Python's Life of Brian. I mean, apart from three La Ligas, two Copa del Reyes, three Super Cups, two Champions Leagues, three Bundesliga titles, three World Club Cups... <clears throat> don't forget the League Cups. Two League Cups and one Premier League title. What has Pep Guardiola won lately? You can tell that the loss wasn't really that important because it turns out before and after the match there was a completely different talking point doing the rounds and that was Manchester City's clever plan to make the away leg feel like a home leg at the Etihad Stadium by recreating their famous home atmosphere with a whole load of empty seats. I make that gag very carefully because A, it's just getting a bit boring and B, it really seems to be winding some people up at the moment. Here's the deal. Manchester City do have a few empty seats at home games right now, but so do, in reality, most of the big European clubs. Also, they did return thousands of tickets for their recent FA Cup semi-final against Brighton and Hove Albion after failing to sell out their Wembley allocation. But, to be fair, City fans have been to a lot of games at Wembley recently. They've travelled to a lot of games in London. And tickets, travel and hotels are all bloody expensive. Something that maybe Kirsty Gallagher should have spent some time considering before landing herself right in the shit on BBC Radio 5 Live and claiming that City fans were complacent, something that a caller called Ina took exception to. Did I hear you say that you believe Manchester City fans are complacent, Kirsty? I'm surprised that not many more didn't make that journey. To you, last Saturday we had Fulham in London. This Saturday we are playing this stupid semi-final against Brighton in London 
on Tuesday, we have Tottenham Hotspur in London. Midweek means half a day off work with all the costs. £75 a ticket. Oh, and £70 today. Do you really think we all have a bottomless pit? Don't you dare say that we are complacent. I wonder what it is about millionaire Gallagher's corporate hospitality lifestyle that prevents her from really connecting with the fans on this issue, eh? Mm-hmm. Kirsty Gallagher got a lot of very over-the-top abuse for her comments. From very wound-up City fans across the country, just like Gaz, the old punk on Twitter, who commented, Drunk driving gobshite knows nothing. Do one, you clickbaiting cow. With that kind of even-handed comment, I can't wait till Gaz gets an invite onto Question Time. But that's the thing. The more they get wound up about it, the more the Blues take umbrage to these comments, the more the other fans are going to turn the screw. Even when the intentions are good. Raheem Sterling, in his ongoing quest for sainthood, realised that there might be some spares going for the big game and gifted 500 tickets to his old London school, which allowed some of the students that go there to visit Wembley Stadium for the first time. Some of them even got to appear on the telly. They're Manchester City scarves on, but be honest, who do you really support? Arsenal, Chelsea, uh, United. And Zayda, wait for it. Man United. Obviously, no one was going to pick up on the fact that these kids are getting to visit the National Stadium for the very first time. A ground that no doubt they would have walked past countless times. And in reality had very little chance of getting to because of the crazy prices that the FA set for such occasions. Thus giving kids an unforgettable experience they probably otherwise not have had. Instead, it was much easier to focus on the fact that City have to steal fans from other clubs to fill the ground. Which I have to admit is also quite funny. What's not funny is the fact that a Chelsea, an Arsenal and worst of all a Manchester United fan were forced to wear Manchester City scarves. That's child abuse. It was amazing the criticism that Sterling got for doing that. Some people claiming that he should have given away the tickets to a local Manchester school. But people will always find negatives. The real crime was that the tickets Sterling bought weren't printed on recycled paper. The bastard. Single-handedly destroying our environment and opposition defences. It's safe to say that even if some fans do consider Manchester City to be in crisis right now, then Pep's job is probably still quite safe. And if it wasn't, I think City would probably have the decency to tell him he'd been sacked. You're fired. Which certainly wasn't the case at FC Zurich this week, who announced some changes in their managerial staff with a statement on social media that read... FC Zurich and Florent Maluda have by mutual consent decided to end the cooperation which only started recently. To which Maluda replied on Twitter, Really? I didn't know that. <whistles> Awkward. I think that's worse than getting sacked by text message, innit? It also puts a completely different spin on my understanding of the phrase by mutual consent. That interpretation is less something that both parties have consented to and more Cristiano Ronaldo in a US hotel room. On the topic of managerial changes, however, there could be one coming very soon at Fleetwood after this happened following their game against Barnsley this weekend. Joey Barton, the Fleetwood manager, leaving after the game and getting into his car, uh, but he was prevented from driving away by police investigating an alleged assault by Barton on the Barnsley manager, Daniel Stenden, in the tunnel after the game. I mean... That's shocking for everyone in football, isn't it? Barton seems like such a nice guy. I mean, there was that 
Cigar in the eye of a youth player thing at City and the on-field scraps at Newcastle and QPR. Oh, and the fallout at Rangers, which resulted in him stealing their coffee machine. And the massive ban for football betting irregularities. But, I mean, you didn't see it coming, did you? Anyway, he's not going to be short of character witnesses, is he? Let's face it, we saw this coming from day one. If you checked out Fleetwood Town's appointment tweet from way back in June last year, you'll spot a reply from at Big Don Pabs that reads... Gonna check Skybet for Joey headbutting another manager before Christmas. Couple of months out, but all the same. Decent grab, that. Although, I bet the odds weren't that long. Everyone loves a footballing bastard, don't they? Particularly when it's your bastard. And Joey is probably the biggest bastard we've got in English football right now, since Diego Costa upped and left Chelsea for Atletico Madrid. Thankfully, Diego has continued his bastardly ways in the Spanish sunshine and has just picked up an eight-match ban for his efforts. The ban was dished out after getting sent off in Atletico's defeat to Barcelona, when he responded to the referee who'd presented him with the red card with the beautifully crafted phrase... I shit on your whole mother. Like Shakespeare. Costa's defence against this was probably the flimsiest of all time, with him claiming that the referee misheard him, and he was in fact suggesting that his own mother was a whore and he wished to defecate on her, which is not only really weird, but also quite unbelievable and probably not really any better. If you're going to go down the whole, oh, you misheard me route then a better line would surely have been something like... No, no, I really said that I would uh, like to knit for your poor mother. She looks cold. So, it was four games for the red card, four games for the abusive language, which seems quite fair. If we're trying to hammer out the abuse that players get from the stands, then surely we need to hammer out the abuse that players give referees or each other on the pitch. And I think everyone would agree that Diego Costa only has himself to blame everyone except Leonardo Bonucci, who, as it's the referee who decided to have a mother in the first place, would probably say it's 50-50. Thank you very much for listening to the show. Thank you very much. Thank you, thank thank you very much. We'll see you next week with another show. Thank you very much. Thank you very, very, very much. Um, just subscribe. If you don't subscribe before, if it's your first time listening to On The Left Side, if you click the subscribe button, it makes sure you get the next show as soon as it's ready. I promise not to sing the Roses song on the next episode, which will be out next Monday. See you later. On The Left Shit is written, I mean, On The Left Side is written and produced by Ant McGinley and Jim Salverson.